Welcome back, everybody, to Perpetual Sports Talk. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott. What a uh, what a what a week in in DC sports, Scott. Dreary day, rainy day. The whole city's collapsing. Everything's yeah. on fire. So you're going with the salty DC sports fan. We are everything's done. Like we're done. You're one of those DC sports fans because I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't peg you for one of those kinds of fans. Well, it's just disappointing. You know, it's not like I'm live and die Washington Capitals fans or Wizards if I'm being honest but it's just it's nice to see when your city kind of does well yeah you know and it just doesn't happen now I again I'm not we've talked about this a hundred times where I'm not that guy that's that's gonna like say year to year it's it's always the same because it's different year to year but man it just gets drilled into you this is easily the saddest sports town in the country by far yeah they I think we're the, we're like the leading leading the way in what, what was the stat that I saw this morning? Conference and finals. Ha, have not made to, to the conference finals since nineteen ninety six or something like that. Last time the Caps something did crazy, it, nineteen ninety eight maybe. And the one city that's behind us is Milwaukee. <laughs> like, Jeez. and we got four sports. You know, of course, any of you listeners who don't know what we're talking about, although I don't know why you wouldn't know what we're talking about. I'm talking about the Caps getting eliminated last night. And the Wizards, the, too. the Wizards putting themselves in a <laughs> hole. And then depending on what side of the Potomac River that you're on, the Orioles lost last night in the bottom of the ninth to the Nationals. So if you're a D.C. sports fan all out, like, you know, three for three for three, then you had that. But if you're a Nose fan like me, you know, like the Nats. But that it's was... a consolation because oh. they still lost the series. Or I guess it's one more game, but it's 2-3 right now. Well, the, you um, well, it's a four-game series. Right. They'll play. So they're playing the last game, which is delayed yeah. right now. Yeah. So it's still two-three. Yep. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Obviously, we're gonna talk. We're gonna start. You know, just presenting the lineup card here. We're gonna start with the NHL. And actually, and I told you this, I'm gonna wrap it into a coach's omelet. Cool. Okay. And I'm hoping that us, just as coaches, can go back and forth with philosophy. After that, we're gonna get into the sad affair of the Wizards versus Celtics series. And then we're going to follow it up with a little infield outfield, a little IO for your Thursday night. And then we got a couple, well, one new segment. We got a short guy, Sean. Okay. Stick around, listeners, for, like that. for that one. That'll be later in the episode. Can you explain that one? When you, right when now? We there? No, we when get, we get there? When we get there? Okay, I can do that. And then we got the fan favorite, Would You Rather. We're going to go to uh, Schlub of the Week, then Dude of the Week. And then, of course, we will end with a weekend appetizer. So just right away, how about we get going with a coach's omelet? And, you know, I actually have a nice little um, – and here's what we do. Just the whole point of a coach's omelet, Scott, is we go back and forth with coaching philosophies, yeah. sort of how you inspire guys. Um, through the sport, past the, you know, the playing style. and you, Exactly. Yeah, get to the coaches. I like that. Yeah. At at any level, we've and done it. We've done it before, yeah. Yeah, at any level. In this case, you it's professional. Eggs level. To make an you, got, got, you got to crack a couple eggs. Yeah, you got to crack an egg. Your new flick. So you're throwing down life lessons now. I'm huh? throwing down eggs. So we're gonna throw down some life lessons and crack a couple of coaching eggs of wisdom and see if we can make a little omelet. And I'm gonna tie it into 
the Caps game yesterday. Now, Barry Trotz, before Game 7, he... And this is actually game... I think it started Game 5. Okay. When they... They were down 3-1. Right. When yeah. things were starting to turn around, he said, it just looked like we were having fun. We were having fun out there. Yeah. And so their philosophy for Game 7 was go out and have fun, which... I guess alarm me a little bit because that's awesome when you're coaching, you know, high school kids, maybe even college kids who sort of take stuff a little too seriously. Where it's like, okay, lighten up. You can't play, you can't perform if you're so uptight. So maybe that was sort of a forget about whatever DC curse crap that you're hearing in the media. Forget about all that. You're not, you know, it's not trying to just ease the tension. You know what I mean? So I guess I get where he's coming from. I just. I just don't like it so much. And it it just it stuck out to me a little bit. I don't think that you need or you should have to say that to professionals. I think it's different. Um, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? I mean, what, what, is, what else is he supposed to say, really, in that situation? Well, that's the thing. It's I don't believe there are any – there's true, like, rah-rahness in sports – and I think the whole rah-rah, like you see it in movies, like coaches aren't going in there pumping. Yeah, like that, that just doesn't happen. No. But the whole philosophy of having fun, where it's like these guys are professionals, they, they're they loose, they should be able to play that way. It's three to three. It's nut-cutting time. Let's, um, I don't know, let's like let, let's just bit. go out let's and compete maybe. Get some intensity. After game six, they said, yeah, we played well tonight, but we're going to have to play even better tomorrow because getting that fourth win well, they, is the hardest. They scored five goals in game six and scored zero goals in game seven. It was a bad, so, bad turnaround. Uh, I guess that's just coaching philosophy and coaching style. It doesn't really matter what you tell the guys. It really doesn't. I liked his thing. He kind of backed me up. I was like, hey, you know, when Barry Trotz basically goes, I, I know what the past looks like, and we're not the same team. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've said that a hundred times here where right. it just doesn't matter what they've done in the past. And and I could see it as that. I could see it as, get, like, have fun. Don't think about that. You're a different team. That doesn't matter. Go out and have fun. But I don't think you should have to say that to professionals. I mean, you know you should say it to? You should say it to the fans. Remember, guys, you're watching a game here. Okay, this is a game. Barry Trotter should have said that to the to the 19,000 people at the Verizon Center, is who he should have said it to. But to the team, it's like, okay, you guys are professionals. The series is tied. Let's go out and maybe not put up a goose egg. Yeah, it's it's different though, man. Like they've heard this crap a million times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, but what do you what do you tell your team? You're Barry Trotz, then. You're the coach. What do you tell your team then going in? Uh, guys, we're dinged up. They're dinged up. Let's go out and uh, and, and out-compete. I would, I would sort of emphasize the idea of competitiveness because you can see it by the third period. The Penguins just out-competed the Caps. The Caps were so flat. It's a one nothing game in the third period, and you can't maybe tighten up a little bit, maybe play a little better you hockey. You say they were so flat, but... A game later, a game before, I'm sorry, a game before they scored five goals and it looked like a Stanley Cup team. Yeah, but it's it's different and so they game. They come to out and they they're just super flat. So there's something going on. I don't. It's not the curse of the DC sports or whatever. No, I don't think we buy that. But I think just the let's have fun message 
again, I, I don't think that that's the right message to convey to professionals. It's almost like a little, it's almost like a little insulting. Say it to the, say it to the fans, <laughs> say it to the fans who have invested way too much in the Washington Capitals. Yeah, that I actually take it really personally the day later. And, yeah, good. And tell them that it's a game. I mean, the, the players know that. The players know the that players what they know. get to do for a living is fun. But other than that, that was sort of my sort of my coach's omelet. But just other other parts of the game, other than other than flatness and just being outcompeted, is the idea of of dumb luck again. Yeah, a couple, the the puck could bounce your way, and it just didn't. Alex you know? Ovechkin's shot. I think it was the second period. Hit off Flurry's this like the handle of his of his stick, literally. We are a half an inch away from having a different conversation. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that, that's hockey right there. That is hockey. But then it's not Can't always play. like that, though. It's right. not always like that. There's a reason why Pittsburgh is in there every single year. Right. We're not blaming it all on luck. We're not right. blaming it all on the puck, having eyes, whatever. You know, it's the same way in a lot of sports, too. Sure. It really is. We just, it, it's very evident in hockey. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, inches, baseball's a game of inches, basketball's a game of inches, football and hockey, they're all inches. Right. They're all decided by a few reflexes and all that. So, it's it's different. It's, and I, I get where you're going with that, it's, but I can't blame Barry Trotz. I can't blame anybody in particular. Oh, no, of course not. We, we understand it's a game, and hopefully they'll be back next year, winning the President's Cup again, and they have a great regular season. And I'm not going to say they shouldn't win the President's Cup because they don't do well in the playoffs. You still want them to do well in the regular season, right? And roll into the playoffs. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, I mean, you'd rather have that than rolling in with an eight seed or something like that. Ovechkin will be back. Hopey will be back. See, the the thing is, as far as blaming someone, all DC sports fans, all they wanted, they want a scapegoat for well, every of the fans, major sports. All sports fans always <laughs> lose. Like. Only they, one team wins the championship every year. So the other 30 teams in every single major league sport always has to point fingers at someone. Right? Right. So. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just familiar with the DC market because I feel like we do it more than anybody. Like we do it with cousins. We did it. I feel like in 2012 we did it with, with Matt Williams. Strasburg. Or, or shutting down Strasburg. And last year it was sort of like. It was, it was sort of begrudgingly pointing the finger at Bryce Harper for having just a down year. Yeah. Right. It's always like a scapegoat, and I'm not familiar with other markets, but I feel like we just like DC sports fans look for that, and it's so crazy because the the the, the scope, all right, the sights have been directed to Alex Ovechkin. Well, here's here's a theory: is DC sports aren't generally bad. Think about it; they're not generally bad. No. Nationals are in the playoffs almost every single year. Granted, the first few years when they're around. Wizards, Capitals, Skins. But what's your definition of bad and good when you say that? Like, as far as being a fan. Making the playoffs. So just being in it. Being Being in the the playoffs. Because Major League Sports, most of the time, the playoffs are a huge crapshoot. Yeah. But, But see, that's the thing is certain people will say. What, how good you are depends on what you do in the playoffs because it's just it's okay. a second season. So maybe we, our definition of good is different, but we're in the playoffs every single year. Mm-hmm. We're not like Milwaukee, who we mentioned before, whose Brewers don't even sniff the playoffs. 
Milwaukee Bucks were in the first round of the playoffs for the first yeah. time in <laughs> years. You know, they don't have a football team, so they just expect to be bad. Like, Milwaukee, you look at them and it's like, ah, they're funny because they're a bad sports town. Right. And so their fans aren't expecting anything. So when they lose in the first round of the playoffs, everybody goes, hey, you know, it's fun. Let's do it next year. And they get back to their Miller Lights. But, like, D.C., we have this unreal expectation that this is our year. Right. You know, I think that almost hurts us, though, because... DC sports can be in the playoffs from year to year. It's almost like, well, we've given ourselves oh, so many agree. opportunities. That's what, That's what I'm saying. Like, why aren't we succeeding now in the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's yeah. a general citywide butthurtness, yeah. butthurtity. Yeah. You know, it stems from a play. I, I just can't stand the idea of, of a scapegoat. You know, you want to know what happened on Wednesday? On, on Wednesday night, do you want to know what the story is? Is that the better team won. And that's how it yeah. should be. The Penguins are a better team. 100%. And 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 with the Wizards, it's just the team whoever is at home and they're just happen to be playing better basketball. So maybe the odds can work out in our favor and we could steal one game seven with the Wizards. We're gonna get that we're gonna get to that in a second. But with Alex Ovechkin, I heard on the radio today people demanding let's let's trade that's Alex ridiculous. Ovechkin. That's ridiculous. He is the one solid DC sports athlete right now that you can say will 100% be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Y- you know, with the Nats, yeah. you know, who knows what in a couple years will have for, for some of the young stars. Right? With the Wizards, the same thing. But Alex Ovechkin, he's 31 years oh, old. Yeah. He will 100% be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. And people like, don't want him to play on the team. That's ridiculous. Yeah. He's going to win a Stanley Cup. He's going to win a Stanley Cup in his year. Yeah, um, again, he's he's certainly whew. given himself the opportunity. Too long, too long on hockey. Man, and then we're just going to go dive into another sport that we're just going to complain about and be negative Nancy's. No, we're not going to complain. <laughs> we're going to we're going to have a nice sport discussion here. We're going to try to get to the bottom of a couple I'm things. Try and like are you re-image? No, just let, re-image our DC-ness. Because yeah, that that makes sense. A lot, it makes a lot of sense about the Capitals. You know, like it, it is. A, first of all, it's a game. So if you're taking this too seriously, right? Snap out of it and cheer up. Yeah. Um, but the Capitals again, year to year. If we're in that position every single year, hopefully one of these years is going to turn out yeah. correctly. I mean, you know? I like. I, I don't mean to sound like old happy-go-lucky fan, but we just got to watch meaningful hockey for our team in May. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's... And they're, and they're good, but the expectations are higher. Expectations are high, and it was, just this, it was just a sour, bitter end with that third period. And setting yourself up for what could be success, but it's actually failure. I mean, that's the, but that's the bottom line, though, is it is fun. Right, yeah. watching a future Hall of Famer play in a lot of playoff games—that's fun. Okay, so Barry Trotz, let's just have fun. I think the sports fans in DC, in general, need to live by that, and not so much as players. Yeah. Okay, I, I see where you're going with that. Uh, we can talk. We can talk some whiz on that note. Well, just bef- before we get to the whiz, yeah. I don't want. I'm not in a bad mood right now. I'm telling you right now, I am not. Like I, I guess I was a little bit upset last night, but it, you know, I woke up, I had my day. I'm gonna, I'm excited for for the next season to start. Like this isn't like a gut wrenching world. Loss. But you, and you I'm look competitive. at the TV and you're like, nah, that stinks. You know, we should be playing right now. Yeah, 
but if again, you're watching our caps. But again, it's just the idea of everything's either the best thing ever or the end of the world. You know, let's just be let's just be lukewarm with this. It was a it, the better team won. That's coming from you. That's surprising, because right? And you're like, if we don't win a championship, the season's a failure. Yeah, well, you said that before on this podcast. I had no, no, no. I I have said let's not settle for improvement with the Redskins. Okay. I don't want to. I don't want to just stay. Right I don't want to stay stagnant. Out. Okay, I don't want to stay stagnant. It was specifically so with it the was caps have stayed stagnant. Then. I knew you were going to say that. It was specifically with the Redskins. It was specifically Specific with the Redskins. Redskins. Yes. Let's not stay stagnant. Uh, it's a slippery slope. No, that's not a slippery slope. Don't put words in my mouth, Scott. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should shoot for the championship, but I'm not putting all of my eggs here in the basket. When they don't win the championship, I'm not going to go be salty. I also I'm think saying you're as a competitor, Redskins fan than you are Caps fan. That's probably true, but. What I'm saying here is you shouldn't be – I mean, you should be invested in it and be a sports fan, but it shouldn't be more than that. You shouldn't be – it shouldn't be more than sports. It, should, you know, it shouldn't take over, even yeah. if you're the biggest fan in the world. You know? I get it. I get it. Okay. Let's move on to the Wizards. Yeah. So we don't have a – like a clever name that we're calling this segment about the Wizards. I guess we're just sort of lumping it into the – to the plight of the DC sports plight, fan, that really like is that, a plight. I like peril, 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 peril. Like yeah, the D- DC, DC sports, but like like a sarcastic peril. Nobody's in peril. We're alive. We're watching TV, DC's sitting in a in basement, peril. having a couple pops. DC is burning. Oh my goodness! All right. So what happened last night? What really happened last night with the Celtics? Was it bad shooting? Was it uh, the Celtics just out competing the Wizards? Was it? They took care of business at home. That's the answer. I think it was it was the better team winning again. The, the better team took care of business at home like they should have. Should they have won by twenty points and leading the whole game and play like that? No. But was yeah, you know. Well, were the Wizards just doomed to lose this series from the start simply because they would only be paying, playing three games at home? Like, if you want to be a successful team, you got to go out and steal one on the road. One. Now they're like now all of their all of their games in the regular season when these two teams met the home team has won every single time. Yeah. So looking in the crystal ball here, it's up. Oh, the Celtics have so four home game games. Seven. Like why why do we even get salty about this? But you know what? After watching last night, I'm not so sure if I'm even confident for for Game Six, just with the atrocious shooting and. And just, and just being out-competed, there was at one point in the fourth quarter when Wall and Beal get taken out. And they get taken out because they're down by they're down by almost 20 points. Yeah. And, they, and the cameras just focus them on the bench. And they just look like two kids who just got like kicked out of gym class. Just sort of like salty, but sort of like a nonchalant, like don't care. And it's just like you're reading their lips almost like a... Body yeah, we don't care. Bad body language, dude. Yeah. It was just upsetting to see. When this is when this is game five here, it's tied, and you're in hostile territory. How about rising to the occasion, maybe? How about making a couple buckets and not going? I think there were like twenty eight percent from the arc, and they were like a like a forty something percent from just just field goals. Yeah, I agree with you, but won't that turn around? I have higher confidence in the Wizards going into game 6. Really? Higher confidence. Well, not game- than you. I mean, not like great confidence, but I have 
better confidence. They're going back home. Well, G- game six or the series as a whole? No, it's ga- in game six. Okay. In game six. Well, yeah. Now, just, just like you said before, the whole stealing on the road thing, that that phrase has been overused over the years. But, but yeah, if they wanted – if they had a sports tips or chance, Scott, man. I don't have a sound bite for it. That's a good Go one, though. No, that's a good sports hipster Scott, though, right? Steal one on the road? That's stupid. But they did. I was saying that when I was like eight. It's true. Sorry. You always I, steal one. I interrupted you. No, go ahead. It's fine. Uh, and, and we did. And so um, we looked We looked so bad. Not we. The Wizards looked so bad mm-hmm. last night that it was like, holy crap. Like, do we even have a chance now if we... Again, if we would have played well and lost, I think the tone would be a lot different. If really? we won that game, it would have been just crazy fanatical. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we would have, again, played well and lost, you know, you, you could say, okay, we can get him in game six. Now, he's, now we have to steal on the road, cliche style, on game seven. Yeah, see, that's weird, though, because the idea of playing well and losing – it's still a loss. That's sort of a debate right there. Same. What's okay. what's better, like a pretty a pretty loss well, like or an saying, ugly we shot win? So bad we played. We the Wizards played so bad that like it was like it's like hard to come back from. Yeah, it was inevitable. Yeah, it was inevitable, and it was early too. The first quarter it was twenty two eleven. We've You're, had that discussion before. Would you rather, you know, play well and lose or get blown out? Right, but it's. Well, no, I thought it was a play well and lose versus play bad and steal win. that yeah, win yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's the latter every single time. You'd rather win. Rather win, sure, but but as if far you as lose, you still want to play well. I guess it's just from a fan's perspective, from a coaching perspective too. Well, from a coaching perspective, though, you're so focused on results. You're going. We shot. I mean, no, no. In the first half, just take it for a game. In the first half of a game, if you shoot 25% and you're winning. That's ugly, but... But you're you're like, holy crap. This, yeah. looks, this is great. Yeah. Because we're not going to shoot 25% the next half. Yeah. And so you go, okay, law of averages says we're going to shoot 50 or 60% next half. And we're already winning. So now we're going to shoot 50 or 60% and we play the same solid defense. We're going to be all right. And so that kind of uh, you put into a game perspective. Yeah, I do the same thing. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, here, talk really loud while I. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I put it. You put it into a game perspective. We shot so bad last game. Doesn't law of averages says we're, oh, we're gonna play better this game? But as as a manager, you go, okay, what do I do? We do everything differently. Everything. Yeah. Pre-game warmups. To, I don't know. That's that's in college Division three college basketball. Ah, the NBA, it's got to be different. They've been doing true. it for 81, 82 games. Exi- yes, eighty. Over I mean, the course of the year, you kind of almost have to stick to the same thing, and hope your shooting goes better. You know, it, I don't yeah, really there's, see the. I mean, what adjustments, like major adjustments, can you make? Can, yeah, can you? It's. I mean, but. But you know what though? At the at the bare minimum, you know what you can do. You're not gonna be able to make those adjustments. Just go out and compete. I don't want to see Beal and Wall there on the bench, lo- looking like they were picked last in dodgeball. Yeah. For, you know, in gym class. Yeah. I, I just want to see like a little more fire. And I felt like it was similar with the third period in the Caps. It was just flat. You know, go and it's remarkable, dude. How 
just that whole competitiveness, it ultimately translates into execution. The Penguins didn't necessarily play a flawless game seven, right? right. But you know what? They competed, and things ju- the puck just sort of went their way. You know what I mean? Ovi wasn't really competing, and guess what? He's going to shoot one off of Flurry's handle. Yeah. Like it's weird how stuff like that lines up in like oh, lines yeah, up in sport. Yeah, yeah. You know, with Wall and Beal, maybe go compete, and maybe that twenty eight percent from behind the arc, maybe that goes up to thirty three, and then that's decent. That's a that's solid. Obviously, well, decent, very and then you lose by ten, or let's say single digits to Boston, and then you're going to the next game clapping, going, "Okay, we got them next game. We not, got them. Yeah, not we got them right so much. We got them right where we want them. Yeah." And say, okay, so you roll into game six, you take care of business game six, you go, all right, you know, we, we play well on game five on the road, we can steal this one, we can grab this one. Yeah. But now we're going, all right, we we're win limping. game six, say we win game six, because we're not going to be talking about this till next week, next podcast. We win, the Wizards win game six, now they're going, oh crap, how the hell do we win game seven on the road? Right, and you know what? Boston is just licking their chops for that. Yeah. You know, and this is this is a good time to blow the Celtics out by twenty. Because I'm not so sure if it's a let take care of business here. They clearly don't like playing in DC. I feel like this is going to be more of a war of attrition. You know, we got some wiggle room. We could take this back to our place yeah. and and win it there. We'll be fine. We're the what one you do, seed. What you do if you're the Celtics though is if you get down by 20, 25. Shut it down. Pull Isaiah. Shut pull it down. Avery, yeah, what's his Bradley. name? Avery Bradley, who just came out of nowhere and had the game oh, of his life last time. See, weird crap like that happens I'll, I'll, I'll when I'll you're work. competing. It was yeah. just, this was like but then the, you say shut it down. We're gonna rest you guys. We're gonna play you 20 minutes today. And let's be ready for Game Seven because yeah. we'll take care of business because we know we can win by 25 at home. Uh huh. So you never know. Here's just more of a basketball nitty-gritty thing about last night and just series in general. What business does Isaiah Thomas have guarding Bradley Beal? What, like, how is that? How is Beal one for whatever he was from behind the arc when you got, I'm sorry, 0 for 4 when you have Isaiah Thomas guarding you? Yeah. Why are you 0 for 4 when essentially every single shot should be uncontested? Thomas I, has been... An ultimate liability on defense the entire year. I mean, his entire career because he's you know, Brandy's five seven, five eight. Wait, shoot, he's five seven. Wait, what's going on? Oh, short guy Sean. Short guy Sean. No reason to live. Now we're done. That's another. Oh. That's another short guy Sean segment, but that's not the one we're gonna do. Right. But David just, I mean, he's been an absolute liability on defense because guys just take him to the post. And so guard on guard post is just just crazy. So Bradley Beal doesn't like to go in the post because he's a shooter. Mm-hmm. So they just face guard Bradley Beal on the outside with Isaiah. Regardless, that's that where you're going with that nitty gritty basketball talk. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not so nitty gritty. I feel this like you is... just mock me. You just big league me big time. No, right there. no, no, no. Is that it? I... Is that it, Sean? We move on is that now. All we got because Isaiah's a short guy. And... That's you big league me big time right there. <laughs> Dude, I wanted to talk about, and I don't, maybe this is like a conversation for another time, but like, I guess this is a whole other conversation. What is up with like home court advantage being so big in basketball and so meaningless in hockey? And just like in all different sports, it kind of just, it's 
ranges. Well, the Caps had one of the best. I think the Caps had the. I mean, they had the best record. I think they had the best home rink record as well. It just doesn't the, matter though. Well, the thing is though, they didn't pay. They didn't play the Penguins eighty-two times. You know what I mean at home. They I'm play- not just talking about the Penguins Caps series either. I'm talking about in general. I mean, there was a year I forget when one team would only went on the road. It was like some freaking I don't know. Murph, look it up for me. Yeah, but. There was one team that only went on the road. And it, it was basically just concluded that home ice and hockey just doesn't matter. Huh. Compared to, like, where basketball, home court advantage, gives you 20 points, basically. I mean, it's crazy. You're saying, is there some sort of rhyme or reason? Right. To- I'm saying, like, you're playing on the same court just like you're playing on the same ice. I mean, the fans are closer. There's no glass in between. That's, How yeah. big is home, court, home field advantage in football? How big is home? I feel like football. It's huge. Home field advantage. I feel football. It's huge. Just with all the communication needed, all the communication needed in football. I think that's a great like segment and way to talk about like how home court, man. Let's 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 get it done. Let's get it done right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little mark right here. It's I first of all I remember being okay maybe this is getting too personal sorry podcast listeners i remember just being a player and love like oh like my buddies are here high school baseball days yeah Yeah. like the buddies are here (laughs) and and that you know whatever family and like teachers and stuff like people who normally don't really associate this coming out and you know that doesn't change much through college and and professional and professional sports i mean you know every little nook and cranny of of a field, of a court, of a ring, just everything angles. But it is odd when when teams just lose at home, and it's like kind of like I, I guess I don't know if there's any real difference between you know home field versus home rink. Like we're, we got, we're missing something. I mean, it, it's got to be some sort of thing. It could be travel. I mean, traveling on the road. Yeah, is right there. Hard. Right there. I mean, he says sleeping in your own bed, waking up late a little bit later, uh-huh. uh, have your wife and kids make you breakfast in the sure. morning. That's a big advantage to That's going gotta, down yes. eating breakfast in the lobby in a hotel. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a big one. But the idea with traveling in a like a playoff series when you're going back and forth, each team is essentially doing the same amount of traveling. Yeah. But you're right. In a regular season, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, look at the... Look, at, we're gonna get into this the, uh, in a couple minutes with infield outfield, but with the marathon Yankees Cubs game, I mean that yeah. game ended at two a.m. and then you know they had to be playing a baseball game in in less than twelve hours. You get a couple hours of sleep at the field, you get to the hotel at six a.m. and then you got to get up and go take BP, right? Yeah. Uh, so you're right for regular season stuff as far as as far as postseason when teams are doing very similar. Traveling time, sleeping time, just stuff like that. I don't know. Home court advantage is a big issue. And if you have a opinion on it, I mean, our listeners or whoever, please chime Tweet, in. Tweet, do something. Be, that would be awesome. I, the, the advantage and disadvantage of home field advantage. You know, how many points does a home field advantage in basketball, what's the value of that? You know, yeah. how many points does that give the home team yeah. compared to hockey? Yeah. You know? I think. There's a lot of stuff. I'm not sure if we're missing. And also, it could just be, like you said, the, the law of average. Does it make a difference, really? Or does it just balance out? Because that's just, all people talk about. We go in at home, game seven. You know? Well, not for nothing. Everybody wants 
home field, home sure. court, home ranking. Man, everybody oh, yeah. wants it. We yeah. we need to be the one seed so we no can have home field throughout. But why? I mean, we, we named a few reasons. Yeah. But... Well, why isn't it consistent though? I think is the real question. Why isn't it consistent? How come the home team doesn't win all the time more? How come this Celtics Wizard series and the the rhetoric and the story with how come that doesn't happen more? How come there are celebrations in right. in hostile territory? You know, same court, same rink, same football field. The only difference you could say is baseball, where they have different fields. But even then, you know, sixty feet six inches, ah, ninety the feet base. Sun, I just the smells. I mean, such little stuff. Yeah, like it really is. It really is. Yeah, we're more but, comfortable at home. We're human beings. Yeah, we're, yeah. It's you just know, a habit. Don't like getting booed. Yeah. We're there half the time, half the games, yeah. and. And you know it's the comfort. That's true. They've always players have always talked about how hard it is to win on the road. But you know what's the psychology behind that? I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure there are a bunch of thesis papers out there and stuff and, like that. But we're just two dudes talking in a bar. Now this is a good bar conversation to have with your yeah. buddy. We can make it. We can make a whole episode just on this right here. Oh, you could. You could talk about this for hours. Home field advantage. Maybe we could we turn that into some sort of segment. Home field, home and away. Maybe home whites, away grays. We'll definitely revisit it when home we're in, grays. dude. We're, when we're in, when this is July, we're in the dog days of summer, and we're talking about. I mean, we we could sit here and talk about baseball for. Every single day for hours and hours and hours, but nobody wants to listen to that nobody podcast. Cares. So this is a segment for another day. Re- like this is going to be. I'll read up on it. Let's move on now to our infield outfield. Mm. I O for sure. It's just ten minutes on baseball. Okay. Right. Just infield outfield. So what's going on this week? Battle of the Beltways. We got a little Nationals Orioles talk. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the Orioles got the Nationals number. They really do. I think the the series, or the the just you know since the Nats came to be in 05, it's it's been all Orioles. Like many as, many, would you rather? Where does your allegiance stand? Orioles. Orioles. Okay. Yeah, Orioles. I you know Orioles fan. I mean, I'll say this though, that I think when when I think the Nationals are a little more fun to watch, especially when Scherzer's on the bump. I everybody should go whenever Scherzer is pitching. That should be the game of the day on ESPN. Just oh, he's so much fun. But I just think, especially right now, just everybody's hitting so well. I think the Nats are a little more fun to watch. But with O's, like when I, you know, we you could either watch FP and Bob Carpenter call it for the for the Nats, or you can watch Gary Thorne and Mike Bordick or Jim Palmer call it for the O's. I'm listening to the O's. I'm listening to Gary Thorne. Even, yeah, even on the rate, check this out. You're going to like this. Check this out. I've been getting back to exercise, and I've been running. Okay. And I don't have an iPod, so I have my little radio that I I plug my headphones into, and I go out and do that. Now, the O's are played on, around here, you best get them on an AM station, 570. And that's a little grainy, right? And, of course, the Nats, 106.7, the fan. Pure, pure, or, um, it's, pure. it's, it's, what am I, look, something as a pure. bell. Pure as a bell. Clear as a bell. Jeez Clear Louise. Bell. Clear as a bell. On my runs, I've been listening to, you know, when I have, okay, I got 106.7, I got Charlie Slows, or I got or I got Joe Angel, legend, but it's Grainy AM. I'm listening to that Grainy AM, dude. 
Oh. Running, yeah. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Right. It owes Homer. Definitely owes Homer. I think it brings up the question. This is, this is a discussion question a little bit. Are the Nationals and Orioles rivals? Yes. Yes. Right now, everybody who is 20 to mm, 50 from around here, you're an Orioles fan. And if you're a diehard Nats fan at 20 to 50... I, like I don't know, like you could, because you, from twenty to fifty, you grew up with the Orioles. If you're older than fifty, you might remember the Senators, right? Like you might, yeah. so you sort of have that going on. But twenty to fifty, you, you you're the Orioles. Now the deal is, a lot of O's fans are O's fans from Northern Virginia, who's who obviously, like me, who follow the Nats and who root for the Nats, but in games like these, you're rooting for the O's. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, O's fans like me, when it's O's Nats and they're playing up at Camden Yards, we're just not making, we're just not making the trip. We're Fair just right. not. Yeah. That, see, I know it was a Monday-Tuesday games that they were playing at Camden Yards, but man, for what is supposed to be a rivalry, dead. Well, what do you think? Is it a... No, I don't think it's a lot. I don't think it's a rivalry. They, first of all, the teams haven't been good since they started getting good. Matt started getting good. Both in, of like, them started 12, getting good in 2012. 2012. Because the O's so that had was the this... first time they both started getting good when they were playing each other. Yeah. Because the O's have been good in the past. But they haven't been good since 2012. So there, that's short. Mm-hmm. But then there really hasn't been any meaningful games between them. I mean, the only really meaningful games would either come late in the season or in the playoffs and they haven't seen each other in the World Series. No. So really there's no there's no rivalry at all. It just makes travel easy for them. And yeah. Up and down the beltway and it's a fan thing. But 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 that's the whole thing. Who decides it's a rivalry? Well, fans do and writers do. That's where the where the rivalry comes from. And you know what helps it? It's when guys like Matt Weeders are getting walk-off hits for the Nationals like what happened last <laughs> night. Like there's a little like like O's fans, like sort of sat back and went, man, we gave him a standing ovation at Cam Yard, which I'm glad, by the way. Yeah, I oh, hate yeah. the booing crap when no, like no, no. He, he deserves he, it. He, absolutely, he did nothing wrong. It was just is the way it worked out. But you look at that and you're like, oh man, no, dude just. Dude just did that to us. But is that a rivalry then? Is there bad blood between both those? No, teams? Th- but there doesn't need to be bad blood for it to be a rivalry. It's familiarity. I don't think those guys are getting hyped up at all to play the Orioles. I think they're just another interleague team that are playing. So I don't know. Well, I don't know if even some of the greatest rivalries in sports, like the players, care all that. Well, in professional sports, Yankees, Red Sox. You don't think they care, or they used to care? Not maybe not anymore. Dude, nobody likes playing at Fenway, and not a whole lot of people like playing in the Yankees, Bronx. Yankees, Red Sox hated each other. Yeah. That's, oh, they hate I mean, them. yeah, that's a terrific rivalry. But right now, there's more bad blood between the O's and the Red Cowboys Sox. Cowboys hate each other. Yeah, so that's that's a rivalry. I would consider that a rivalry. I mean, it can change year to year. There's only a few big rivalries in sports. Yeah. There's only a few, and they, and they can change year to year. I think the Red Sox and Orioles have a, have a great rivalry. Going Current right events, you because know, because they're path. both good. 
They they throw at each other every single game. They don't like each other. Those you, two teams generally don't like each other. You want some bad blood then for it to be a rivalry. Yeah. You want some I want drama. them to have to change their mindset instead of being like, all right, it's another team. You know? I don't know. I think what's what a rivalry is, it's 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 playing, but the it's the the story itself runs a little bit deeper than just simply the scoreboard. For instance, it's right. it's almost like bragging rights with the Nats and the O's just because they share such a fan base. It's like bragging rights. I feel like there's some not for the players though. Really? I for the I players, think... no. I think it's again, I think the fans and writers make rivalries. I'm not so sure if if players they're, just sort of are a part of it. They're thrown into it without any, dis, you know, without any decision. Like even even O's Red wow. Sox got Machado was you know shooting the crap like on field BP during the first couple games of that uh, series. Yeah. You know they're all professionals. They're all friends. When the game starts, no matter who yeah, it is, you want right. to you want to beat the guy. Just they're professionals and they're competitors. No, you're absolutely right. I do think there are teams though. This is from experience and. There are certain teams when you're a player or coach that you just want to beat. Yeah. You just go in there and go, man, I don't like these guys. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, I really want to stick it to these guys. Compared to another team where it's like, I mean, you still want to win. It's of not course, you still expect to win. But you have more respect for the team where you're just like, all right, like, right, sure. Right. There's those just like, I hate oh, blah, I blah. Hate Did you guys. have, did, like, with Mason – it's VCU. Right. Just hate VCU. Everything about them. They're stupid Richmond City for like in us as Mason. But see, we're like Mason. But the, they, college yeah. is a little different. Sure. Did you have anybody just as a coach for SVU? Did you have anybody yeah. else in the CAC? It's like I hate Marymount. Maybe it's because like like or did you, I hate uh, we, CNU. We didn't like to play York the first time York. We played York. We lost the Spartans. By, yeah. That's where my brother-in-law went. He played yeah. lacrosse. Yeah. Nice. They're good. Yeah, good York's powerhouse Spartans. team. We played York the first time. We lost by 40. And they were they were still pressing towards the end of the game. Oh. And they were still getting fast break layups. So we came into the next game just pissed off. We yeah. were like, we really want to stick to these guys. Okay. You know, I mean, there was like a different kind of intensity and focus from the coaches and the players. Now – we ended up losing. We blew a lead at halftime and lost at the buzzer, basically. Mm-hmm. So it didn't turn out well. But there was like a different. So we went from losing by forty to losing at the buzzer. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? That right. was just like totally different. We just and that changed from year to year. That wasn't like that the year Ex- before. Exactly. It might and not be like that next year. Right. So that's what you could say. Rivalries change from year to year, but some of the best rivalries, obviously, are the rivalries that have remained alive exactly. since. The beginning, Army exactly. Navy, right? That oh, will yeah, forever yeah. be a rivalry. That's right? just fun because it's the Army. I mean, that's one of the most pure rivalries I think. Sure, in sports, of and that's course. a whole another conversation. Of course, of course, and that goes much beyond the fans and much beyond the play. I mean, that right. rivalry essentially is bigger than anybody, whether it's fans, players, coaches. It's it's its own entity. Right. You know, I think a lot of rivalries that we know today, fans created it. Fans created it. Current players created it. And the they bad don't really blood have. A connection to them. Like, think about current MLB players. Bryce Harper. Let's take Bryce Harper, for example. He didn't grow up in D.C. He yeah. didn't grow up a Nationals fan. He yeah. didn't grow up hating the Orioles yeah. or hating any team, really. Mm-hmm. He's playing for the Nationals now, and, you know, whatever. 
maybe if you grew up a Yankee fan and you grew up hating the Red Sox and then you got drafted by the Yankees. Uh-huh. And, like That's a little different, but these guys just go where they're told, they play the game, and, and it's over kind of thing. Right. Unless there's like unless it gets personal, unless you throw at somebody, unless you go spikes high, which you've seen. Right, but that I mean that I mean that was this year, and the, and Machado created that. Chris Sale didn't right. help. So he means no, that's on an accident, by the way, and that's a whole other yeah. you know a rivalry gets created out of thin air, yeah. right? Yeah. But I I guess to go back to your question, I mean I see what you're saying, how it how it shouldn't be considered rivalry, but just the fan bases, that's what's sort of getting me. It's sort of like uh I, I agree, I, I completely agree with you though. Yeah. And yeah. And I told you this a couple days ago. When I'm watching a nose Nats game, I go into every single game the same way. I'm excited. It's like, man, I got I got like fan connections. Do be a stupid fanboy. Yeah. Fan connections with every single player. I think this is gonna be great. And then I watch it, and it's a little bit uncomfortable. And I told you this analogy. It's like when you introduce your college friends yeah. to your childhood friends. I'm gonna introduce my national friends. They're my college friends. You know, I met them in college. I, I got to know them. To my childhood friends, where it runs deep with the Orioles, you know, I, I, I've, yeah. I've been fans of them ever since I can remember. But it's just a little uncomfortable feeling, you know. I but if, yeah. and I'm not so. saying allegiance lies with whatever friend group, but I'm just rooting for the Orioles. Yeah, of course well, I, I am. I, that's that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. But so basically, it's what rain delay tonight. Yeah, the Nats are down two games to three. Or two games to one, I guess, in the series. Yes. And so, what are we looking at then? I mean, what are we looking at from the Nats? Ah, well, they're both, you know, atop their their division. Nats are twenty two and twelve, whereas the O's are are twenty two and eleven, um, just behind the Yankees. But the Yankees have played a little fewer games. Yankees are twenty one and ten. And, and so right there, they're both really good teams. We're watching great baseball. And some of the – and there are guys who are just super, super hot playing for both teams, right? You have you have your – essentially right now your triple crown winner in a, in a Ryan Zimmerman leading the league in the, your triple crown categories. You have your Bryce Harper is always fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Machado, Jones, you are super hot right now. You know, um, O's I feel like turn more double plays than anybody. Um, and you know what it is too. You know why it's fun watching O's versus Nats. Starting pitching versus bullpen. Wow. Starting yeah. pitching versus offense. Dude, Scherzer lighting up the Orioles. I mean, he was no hit through. I think five and a third. He was he was going no hitter, and he still gets a no decision. And oh. God, he's fun to watch. Sorry about your bullpen, though, man. Oh, with Britain, Zach Britton. Yeah, but but again, you, you got a couple guys. You, hopefully, hopefully Brock figures it out. O'Day. I love watching Givens. I love his. I love his side weird arm arm slot. But what is a mound visit to Max Scherzer like? Oh, he's telling you. If you're telling. Maddox, like you're walking out there, like. What am I even going to say, dude? I saw Maddox walks out there, Nationals pitching coach, and it's a weird little angle to where you see Maddox's back and you see Scherzer. And, like, you know exactly what Scherzer said. It's it's for the sake of this is a family podcast. He yeah. says, F that S. And just looking so serious and mad. And, yeah, Scherzer's doing all the talking. Maddox is doing zero of the talking. But, yeah. like, 
you know, you're walking out here, you're just like, man, what is Max going to yell at me this time? Well, you're still a coach. You're still a coach, and Max understands that. And you're just doing your job. True. You're doing your job. You don't have God, to say anything. he's so fun Smack to watch. Smack him on the butt, you go, hey, Max, you got yeah. it. Yeah, tell you him a him. joke. Maybe yeah. tell him a joke, because, yeah. like, just the competitor, he just gets so wrapped up. You know, get the old... Get your, I bet the pitching coaches have their same old mountain visit jokes. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? They got the old... Goofy dad joke. Yeah. You know, yeah, sure. Listen up a little bit. Absolutely. Get back out there, tap on the butt. And yeah. Say, right, yeah, something. It. Something. Here we go. Yeah, so yeah, he's, he's fun to watch. Uh, I got one more thing with in and out and I know we've run a little bit long here, but um, let's just keep running. Cubs and Yankees went into 18 innings. Uh, the Cubs figured out Chapman. Chapman blew a three-run lead in the ninth inning. Um, 18 innings, wrecks their bullpen, makes traveling weird. Is that too long of a baseball game for you, Scott? Being a baseball puritan you are, is 18 too long? Do you want to go to the old international tiebreaker, no, runner no, on no, second? No, 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 no. no, never? Absolutely not. Never. 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 Now, do I think an 18-inning game is fun? No. No. But somebody's got to win. Yeah, somebody's got to win, and that's just the way it's played. Yep. Then somebody give in, somebody give up, but neither team is going to give up. I'll tell you what, you show, you cover up the scoreboard, and you just show a replay of the action versus you know from 18th inning to first inning, and I doubt 98 percent of the population would even be able to tell because that's just what those guys do. Yeah. Oh, it's the 18th inning. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Run back out in the field. Yeah. That's something cool. That's I mean, that's something special with baseball. It's just you know you're not getting worn out. Obviously, you're not doing right. sprints, but just just the mental it's toughness mental that game. comes along you. with that. It's I think that's game, I think yeah. it's very special with baseball. And we're going to be talking about just length of games. I think throughout the summer. Yeah. Just because you know we got baseball. That's something that we got to talk about. We're going to talk about something. Yeah. But other than that, uh, anything else with infield outfield? Let's roll. We have so we have so many more segments to get to. And we're going to do them all. This is the fun segments, though. That's we, the thing. i got to make it clear. we got the fun segments going. Yeah, I sort of wish we saved more than just 10 minutes to have the, the fun segments. But you know what? We're going to start off with a new one. Okay. Short Guy Sean. I did come up with that one. This was Scott's idea. Anytime a short guy does something cool, we have a segment about it. Or just, like, I feel Short Guy Sean should go beyond just stature. Maybe it's like some sort of upset. The little guy excelling. No, I like stature. It needs to be stature. It needs to be stature. And we're gonna be doing a lot of talking about Jose Altuve. Like, like, how are we yeah. gonna carry this through the summer? We'll, we'll find it. I mean, we've already found two. Yeah, we've but- found two segments in one week about short guy Sean's. All right, that's pretty easy. I, I, I we'll, we'll see. Um, so, so we're gonna talk. That's our soundbite intro for Short Guy Sean. And we're going to go to the Kentucky Derby. Now, Always Dreaming won the Kentucky Derby, the of course. One. The Jockey. You And I'm going to give you credit here. You came up with this one. Hey, Sean, you sent me a text. Do something with or he was like We have to do something with the Jockeys. The Jockeys, right. Uh, obviously, I think under 5'5", under five five, they're little guys. They're little fellas. Oh, yeah. 100 pounds. Uh, John Velasquez. The jockey of always dream. And now his first Kentucky Derby was 1996. Uh, he's been around for a little bit even, you know, from, from before that. He's raced in 5,709 races. I don't even know what that means, though. How many races do they do a day? I don't care. But 
you know exactly what this means, and I'm about to tell you how much money this guy has made in his career. Yeah. He's made now. I, I'm just too many digits here. I got to make sure three hundred and sixty-four million sixty-four thousand five hundred and forty-seven dollars. No. Over three hundred and sixty million dollars. No. This guy has made yes, in five in in almost six thousand races. No. Yep. He's made almost he's made over six million dollars just in 2017. This John Velasquez. Velasquez. This guy has made three hundred million dollars in his lifetime for the horse he's been riding. Correct? It's not I mean, well hold well always dreaming's only two years old. Like no, he's had that's so I mean. many so horses. He, so you no, know, I know, but like he personally has made that much, or he's made that much on the horses he's riding. So, like, you see what I'm the, saying? The jockey. The article that I read was wow. the jockey himself. It's not... John Velasquez? John Velasquez. $364 million. Okay? So That's what nuts. So, what this short guy, Sean, is centered around is if you're a short guy out there, go learn to ride a horse because... You you can be lucrative. There is hope. It gets better. It gets better. Is that the Louis C.K.? Yeah. It gets better <laughs> for like the... dumpy looking <laughs> short guys. But I thought that was, I mean, oh. 90% of baseball players will never make that in their, in their lifetime. Football players definitely just because salary stuff. $364 million. And you know what? The guy's still like in his prime as a jockey. He's going to break 400. He's like, I think, second though. He's like second like all time of, of – like this guy is the – you know, this guy's like the Honus Wagner of freaking, you know, jockeys. He makes around $24 million a year. He's Ride 45. Right. He's horses. 45. So like that, that – I mean, I don't even know if that's prime or not. But you just – Kind of just have to ride. Whatever, gotta, you're gotta not on. the one running. Got to hold on. <laughs> just, just, just keep going. Right, you know when to whip them, smack them, and hold on. You're good to go. <laughs> so that's uh, that is the inaugural wow. short guy, Sean. That's uh, that's John Velasquez. Go Google him. Let's go to the old fan favorite. Would you rather? Uh, sports edition, obviously. We don't okay. have any fan submissions this week. Uh, thanks a lot, listeners, for nine downloads. Nah, dude, it's no. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm not salty. I'm not strikes salty. and gutters. You know what I mean? Strikes oh, and gutters. I'm cool. I'm cool. We don't do this for the viewers, the listeners. That's right. We're sitting here. This mic doesn't even exist. Um, we're just hanging out. Doesn't right? even look like a real mic. It looks like we're talking into a lampshade. Right. Well, we got the. I can't remember what this thing is called. It sort of does if you just have the top view of it. But yeah, it definitely doesn't. Would you rather? So, obviously, everybody knows the rules of would you rather. I'm going to say it anyway because it makes Scott all butt hurt. Thank you. Would you rather do one thing, it's fictional, sometimes disgusting, sometimes really cool, or this thing, sometimes disgusting, but sometimes really cool. So, here's thank you. what I got. Scott, would you rather get, cr- get caught crying on national television after your team loses, like... The Capitals did. The Verizon Center. They okay. got some poor schlub crying into his hands. Would you rather get caught crying on national television, or after a big game like the Capitals had? Let's just say you're at the Caps game. Okay. Uh, you get mugged by seven Penguins fans, and they steal two hundred dollars from your wallet. 
But you know what? They don't even like leave any marks on your face, so you don't even get any evidence of. They punch you, but like you have no markings. How hard does it hurt? Essentially, you just lose two hundred bucks, and it hurts a lot. Get punched. You you know what? They're focusing. They're working the body, so you can't like show anything. So the whole crying thing. I'm a fan. You're wearing a Caps jersey, and and you're crying. And you're crying. No, punch me in the face. 200 bucks? Punch me square in the nose. 200 bucks. If you catch me in the crowd crying over a sporting event, punch me square in the face, I'll give you $200. I should have made it 500 bucks. I knew 200 bucks. What if I jack it up to you? You had 1000 bucks cash in your wallet. 1000 bucks. Penguins fans, seven of them. So you get to say, like, it wasn't just one guy, it was seven of them. Kick me in the ding-donger and steal my 1000 bucks. Because <laughs> you're, not, you're not catching me crying on TV. All right. that's, I think that's a pretty pretty square one you know like i mean come on most of our listeners dudes that are like dudes dudes dude you know go I mean? go look at the guy who was crying last night he looked like a beard you know yeah, and we're making fun of him right now we're making fun of this this poor guy who takes it that seriously who takes a capitals game that he has to cry grant he probably spent thousand dollars on those tickets that's oh. probably why he's crying yeah, it, well, there goes his thousand bucks right there. I just went like I knew. I mean, I knew that you would choose the getting beat up and getting robbed. I just golly, I was trying to make you like consider it a little make bit. Make it more. way that was my worse. Goal. Make it way worse. There's seven Penguins fans. They they like, seven take my girlfriend or something like that. No, like, I didn't want to make it weird. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little too weird. That's something that's like breaking crazy. the would you rather code right there. You can't do something it. Something like way worse than just like punching me in the face and stealing two hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm take that a thousand bucks. I'm on national TV crying. I'm gonna be like a meme. I'm gonna be on Sports Center, like getting made fun of by Stephen A. Smith. You're already a meme, and I recognize that yeah, hat that you were same, on your meme too. So you're like hat. you're. I mean, you weren't caught yeah. crying, but you were caught being assaulted. I into the curve. You did. Steering into it though. Eh. I haven't been announced park yet this year, but next time I go, I'm wearing this hat, I'm sure you are. Is that a fifty-nine fifty? Oh yeah. Is it really? Oh yeah. Thirty-nine fifty. Oh, okay. Thirty. I don't right. know what that means. It's still new era. Yeah, but it's not. It's the it's the, 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 the stretchy cut. It's the stretchy and it's a different cut uh, bill as well. 30. Okay. That's yeah, a sharp looking hat. Just very straightforward. All right. Well, you got to come up with a good would you rather next week, Scott. Will do. Let's mosey on into our schlub of the week. And if you've been listening for a long time, all two of you, both of you, you know what the schlub is. And if you haven't, the schlub is just an unattractive, untalented, unappealing sports person we often hold up athletes and those involved in sports to be these infallible gods but every now and again they will come back down to earth and even put themselves beneath normal human beings such as mr matt harvey missing practice on saturday we're talking about practice now he's done this in the past but something that i heard that so he gets so he gets a rumor it's a rumor is it confirmed for missing practice, yes. For missing practice because of this reason? For mi- he just didn't show up oh, to practice. Well, he definitely didn't Saturday. show up to practice. So he missed practice. But, okay, go ahead. I'll let, you, I'll let you finish. So I wasn't aware of this part. Between the suspension of three games, and I'm sure whatever fines that he got, he lost $84,000. 
Granted, the guy's making tens of millions of dollars, but losing $84,000 because you missed practice? Yeah, that's a big paycheck. You're a schlub. That's a, I mean, that's go buy yourself two trucks right there. $84,000. Oh, he doesn't care about that, though. Matt Harvey probably has a couple trucks already, but 84, I mean, even to a guy who's making tens of millions of bucks, I mean, losing $84,000, that's like a, come on, for missing practice? And, like, it's even worse because apparently it's it's not his first time and there's a thing. And the stupid Mets fans, you know, all oh, the dark night and saving New York. It's like, come on. Sorry, not stupid Mets fan. My mom's a Mets fan. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but, yeah, just taking everybody for a ride. What are you saying is just a rumor? You, you didn't hear the reason why he missed practice? It wasn't the whole idea with the what was in the locker, right? No, no, thing. no. See, you don't even No, His ex-girlfriend. Adriana Lima, okay. supermodel. Okay. Ex-girlfriend was seen with Julian Edelman ah. at the Met Gala, which I don't even know what that is, but it's some award show with arts and pictures and nature, pictures of nature. And so... Why well, paint pictures of nature when you can just go outside stand and stand it. in it? Yeah, that's it. But apparently, Matt Harvey, that's the room. That's like the TMZ thing. Didn't even hear about that. And that he was, he was either out partying... Till 4 a.m. or he was being sulky and like over this whole ex-girlfriend thing because his ex-girlfriend is now out with another another guy. You don't think Matt Harvey's shown up to the stadium before, you know, hanging a little bit? So what's so you saying it's more likely that between he's those two things being depressed over his ex-supermodel girlfriend than him out partying and sleeping in, oversleeping? <laughs> I didn't hear about either of those. I wow, wish I had a Shawnee didn't know, but that I got a I got a Scotty doesn't know. That's a huge know. thing. That's a huge See, thing. See, I'm not on the social media and all the news sites that don't matter like you are, Scott. Do you really watch TMZ? Is that like part of your Every ritual? Day. Really? The guy with the water like bottle no, and you know, no, oh guys, no. what have we done? But it there? was all over that like Harvey was like real like depressed or whatever you want to call it. I didn't see. I saw it was suspected that he got suspended because of the little prank that he pulled on no. one of the players with putting the inappropriate yeah, items. That was, that was interesting in the locker. That would have been better. That would have been like actually pretty funny. But I think it was definitely because it was a combination of both. That's my theory. Of sulky and he inappropriate. Saw, he, no, 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 no. He saw his ex-girlfriend, supermodel ex-girlfriend, Adriana Lima, out with Julian Edelman. So he went out with his boys till 4 a.m. that night hmm. and saying, like, All right, I need to get out and have a few have a few pops. Yeah. Went out and had too many pops and then just overslept. Hanging. He's, I mean, baseball player, a pitcher. He's showed up to the field and hanging, I'm sure, several times. But Julian Edelman, I'm going to play Randy Newman short people one more time because of Julian Edelman. And why, I mean, you know, why, why is he the competition? But I don't know. He is. I did not hear that. And that's, I'm glad. that's a different take on the schlub. But $86,000 over his ex-girlfriend and partying too hard. 84 But yeah. Big chunk of change for being a being a schlub, right? Let's now move on to the antithesis of schlub of the week, due to the week. All right. Someone sometime, you know, a lot of athletes in sports are scrutinized, but let's uh, let's talk about an athlete who is being a real a real dude. Real dude is all American kind of kid, Patrick Kane. Uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks. He's a hockey player. All right. So he's he's is, a good dude. Okay. He's a good dude. And he acted out the entire 
stand-up play of Louis C.K. when he thought about giving his seat up for a soldier. Really? So he didn't actually give it. No, he did. He did actually give his first-class seat up to a soldier. But he did the whole, like, he thought about it. You, you know what I'm talking about here? Right. No, I yeah. do. I was thrown because at first I thought you meant no, he's, Patrick Kane <laughs> performed stand-up and imitated Louis C.K. No, no. You're actually referencing the video. You're Patrick saying Kane he gave was up. on a flight, was his first-class seat, watched this soldier walk by him. Okay. Went back, tapped on the soldier, said, hey, you can have my seat. Uh. Now, you know what probably happened? Is Patrick Kane probably said he'll sit in first class at one hundred like train seats <laughs> now and sit between two fat guys. <laughs> That'd be a good sound right there. <laughs> he didn't sit. He didn't trade seats and go sit behind two fat guys. He probably traded. He probably gave him his seat and then bought another first class yes. ticket. Sat next to him yeah. and probably talked his ear he off. He probably about had an empty too. seat next to him. Oh yeah, he and bought two. Like, <laughs> he bought two more seats to have one for his <laughs> luggage and it spread out. But he was like, hey, you can sit by me. My luggage can lay in the overhead bin. Yeah, he forced gumped him. <laughs> you know, can't sit here. Oh, you know. You know, so really it was probably a lot smaller story than it actually was. But hey, you know, kudos to him, All-American Kid. Dude of the Week, Patrick Kane is our PST Dude of the Week. And finishing those segments, Scott, it brings us to the finale of our episode the weekend appetizer, the climax. Kinda, yeah, what are we? What are we looking forward to this weekend? What are we? What are we getting excited about? The weekend is the sports entree. Right now on Thursday night, we're just having a little appetizer. We're just having some potato skins. So, what do you want to talk about uh, tonight that you're excited for this weekend? What's your weekend appetizer? That's tough. So I think the weekend appetizer is going to be kind of like a hangover from like we went too hard during the week mm. and now we have a hangover during the, the weekend. The rookie mistake of, you if know, you getting after like it on Wednesday, a Wednesday. Thursday and Friday night that we don't even have anything for the weekend. We're just want to just hang out. Because of Caps, Wizards, Battle of the Beltways. It's kind of a hangover deal. Like there's really nothing going on. I mean, you got... Celtics Wizards on Friday, game yeah. six. So you have that, but really, what else are you looking for? Who do, who do the Nationals play? Phillies. Okay, I like the way they front. It's very front heavy and and back heavy. Yeah. With didn't we talk about that with no. division games? They're playing a lot of at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season with with division games. Yeah, so you got the Nationals playing the Phillies. You got the Wizards in game six, and they could be game seven. Would be on Sunday. Correct. So that could be a weekend app. But other than that. And the game seven, as we know, it's, it's no given. I mean, it's looking like that's going to be the thing, right. but it's definitely no given. But else, what else are you watching then on the weekend? Orioles playing KC. Okay. And something that I think you're going to like, and I'm surprised that you didn't bring it up, but because you bring it up, I'm going to play your favorite song. Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. A little—it's like a mid-segment segment during weekend appetizer during Dropkick Murphys. Uh, Scott, one of your childhood heroes, I'm sure, as he is everybody in every '90s kid. Okay. Derek Jeter's having his number reti- retired officially at Yankee that's Stadium, yeah. Yeah. and 
I do sort of want to play the hipster sport hipster Scott soundbite because it's like taking two days. Uh, it's like maybe I know he's the captain. Hipster. I know he's the captain. He deserves a whole month. Dak Scott, come on! They're breaking your stick here. You're breaking no, your stick. Derek Jeter is the pinnacle of everything that was ever good in sports. I wore his number. I idolized him. Sure, dude, that guy was the man for. 20 years. Well, you should be disappointed because he didn't know that they were retiring his oh, number. I, I knew week. that. I, oh. I did know that. I played oh. the soundbite anyway. I knew it. I didn't know, like, that's where we were going on our weekend app. Usually we're doing sports games and everything. Oh, is it not sports? No, I uh, get it. It's not a game. It's going to be before. It's, I get it. Oh, that's a good one. No, I think that's there's 100% a good one, and I totally blew over that. But, no, that's, that's solid. There you go. Number two. So, that's what? All of the Yankees single-digit numbers now, right? Yes, every single one. That's amazing. One through That's nine, amazing. all retired. Where can everybody find us, Scott, if they didn't get enough PST? Facebook. We need some more Facebook followers. We actually have more Facebook guys than we do Twitter. So Sean had our best Twitter tweet ever in the history of PST. It was some gif. It was pretty good about last night. So something about how DC spent Fans go to work in the morning. It's pretty good. Check it out. Yeah. We're at Perp Sports Talk. So we yeah. have we didn't gain any followers off that. But, you know, it's a good tweet. So Twitter, Facebook, we need more of those guys. We are on iTunes. You want to hit subscribe there on iTunes. That really helps us out a lot, even if you're still listening on Podbean. Subscribe to us on iTunes. It helps. Write a review. Give us five stars. Write a would you rather. And let's roll. But iTunes, Podbean. Twitter and Facebook, all at Perp or Perpetual Sports Talk. Hit the cycle and go do all of them. That's pretty efficient right there. That was a pretty efficient segment. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun, Scott, and this is, is, a, is, a, is a fun episode for me. We did a lot. And every Thursday night, Friday morning, new Perpetual Sports Talk. So, Scott, same time, same place. Next Thursday, listeners, you'll be able to find us Friday morning. But we will we'll see you next week. My name is Sean. And I'm Scott.